Well, I got to chat with the young people about manger scenes, and I'll just tell you that all of the manger scenes that I've ever encountered always come with three nearly identical figures. They're usually ornately dressed and carrying small treasure chests. They are, of course, the three wise men who we heard about in this gospel reading. And they just seem to be a part of the entire Christmas picture. Any manger scene that lacks these figures somehow seems incomplete because we've grown so accustomed to the wise men being there at the manger. They're as essential to Christmas as singing Silent Night with a candle on Christmas Eve, it seems. To us, these figures from the East just belong in the stable, along with everyone else. But in fact, the exact opposite is true. The wise men didn't belong in Bethlehem at all. For starters, the wise men were astrologers. They studied the stars, an activity that is expressly forbidden under Jewish law. And they saw something one night while studying the stars that compelled them to travel an enormous distance in order to see this important individual that the stars were proclaiming. The wise men traveled a great distance, meaning they didn't belong in Judah. They weren't from Bethlehem or Jerusalem. In fact, they weren't even Jewish. They were outsiders. They had no business being in Israel. They had no connection to the Jewish Messiah. And yet something about this baby born in Bethlehem spoke to their soul. Something about this Jesus dragged them halfway across the known world so that they could see and honor this newborn king. Really, the wise men are just the final surprise in this entire Christmas story that we tell. It started in Advent first, when Mary was told that she would be bearing a child. This unwed, unremarkable young woman had become miraculously pregnant. And then on Christmas Eve, we heard about the dirty, untrustworthy shepherds from the hills of Bethlehem who see choirs of angels and come to honor Jesus. And now finally here on Epiphany, we learn about these wise astrologers from a foreign land and another religion all together who come to honor Jesus. It's very clear. The surprising message that we're to take away from Jesus' birth is this. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, smart or dumb, powerful or lowly. It doesn't matter your gender or your politics. It doesn't matter if you're a shepherd from Bethlehem or a wise man from another religion. Jesus was sent for everyone. And in fact, Jesus brings everyone together. If you ask me, I think we should start adding all sorts of random figures to our manger scenes so that we could remember this point each and every year. Let's, let's add some construction workers to the manger scene because Jesus came for them. And how about some cowboys as well because Jesus came for them too. And how about some politicians because yeah, Jesus came for them as well. And you know what? Let's add some millennials and some baby boomers and some immigrants and some day traders and some convicts and some lawyers and some people from the rough part of town and some people from the fancy part of town. Because Jesus came for everyone. This is the truly good news of Christmas, that this person can be born and somehow gather together all sorts of different people. The problem, though, is that some people don't want to hear it that way. 
Some people only think it's good news if, it only, if they are the only ones invited to the party. Some people will get upset when they're told that Jesus came to earth for everyone. Even the people who don't look like me, you mean? Even the people who don't vote like me? Even people who are poor, or people who are gay, or people who are unhoused, or people who aren't from America? Some people find it surprising to learn that God could care about someone who is different. Someone who seemingly doesn't belong. And yet, every manger scene proclaims to us the point that Jesus came for all sorts of different people. And now this is where our friend King Herod from the gospel reading comes into play. In the gospel, when King Herod hears from the Magi about this newborn king, he doesn't hear it as good news. Instead, he sees it as a threat. Herod knows that the birth of a Messiah means that all of his power, all of his comfort, all of his security, his safe little bubble that he's been living in is about to pop. When we say that Jesus is the newborn king, well, then that means that no one else gets to be king anymore. This is what Herod is afraid of. And in some ways, I think this is what we can be afraid of as well. If we're really going to follow Jesus to let him be king of our life, well then, that means that we'll have to listen to, a, to what he says. <laughs> when Jesus tells us to be more forgiving or more compassionate or more patient or more understanding or more loving, when Jesus is your king, it means that you can't hold a grudge like you used to. You can't hoard all of your gifts and possessions. You can't shun the outsider or look down on the other. You can't have the world revolve around your wants and needs. When Jesus is your king, everything has to change. The wise men saw an astrological event and they logically concluded that something important had taken place in the universe. But they also let that knowledge change their hearts. Even though they didn't fully understand what they were seeing, they let the birth of Jesus change their very lives. They were compelled to give up everything and to travel across the world and present gifts to this born King Jesus. These outsiders from a different religion altogether who didn't belong at the manger, they show us how we're supposed to respond to the good news of Jesus' birth. Maybe that's why we call them the wise men. And so here at Bethany, as we begin this new year of 2023, I, along with the rest of the pastoral staff and ministry council, want to challenge you to be like a wise man, to let Jesus into your heart just a little bit more. You're here this morning, I assume, because in some small way, there's just something about this whole faith thing that seems important to you. Maybe you've been too stuck on prioritizing other aspects of your life, but you're here this morning because something drew you to this place. And so today I want to challenge us all to learn from the Magi and to let Jesus change our hearts and change our lives. In your bulletins is that funny piece of paper that I mentioned, a little intake form. And the idea behind this sheet, we're going to have a chance to fill it out in a minute. The idea behind it is to challenge us to lean into this walk of faith 
in a new way this coming year. There's three sections to the form. Each one is filled with opportunities here at Bethany for growing in your walk of faith. In section one, you can go through and check the boxes of any groups that you might be interested in connecting with in the new year because community is an essential part of our life of faith. And then in section two, you can check any of the boxes of ways that you'd like to volunteer your time by helping out on our ongoing ministries because serving others is an essential part of our faith. And then the final section, there are way, you can check any of the boxes for ways that you'd like to commit to sharing your faith and our Bethany story with others because Jesus calls us to do this. And let me say very clearly, this form isn't designed to be a guilt trip. That's not what we're trying to do. It's not something that we're doing just to make it easier on the staff at Bethany. The point of all this is that I think you're here at Bethany because you want to grow in your faith in some way. Something about this Jesus seems important, but maybe you're not exactly sure what the next step might be. Well, we hope that this concrete challenge to engage and participate and share your faith can help you take that next step that you've been searching for. So you have a few minutes now. Rick's going to play some lovely music in the background so it doesn't get too awkward in here. But take this time to just prayerfully consider how you might be interested in learning more. This is not an ironclad commitment. This is just a way for you to express how you might want to follow Jesus in the year ahead. For those who are joining in on the live stream, note that there will be a QR code appearing on the screen now, but you can also find a link to this online form uh, in the YouTube notes, the description of the YouTube channel or on the worship page. So let's take just a few minutes now to uh, prayerfully consider this form.